Welcome to 242, a podcast of the Buffalo Vineyard Church where we discuss topics that matter to our lives as followers of King Jesus. This is episode 18, talking about tribalism and universalism with Elijah Shamenda. We discuss a quote that uh, ends up being from Pastor Rick Warren, although we don't know that during the conversation. And we ask the question, is the church fundamentally tribalistic? What should be at the center of our Christian community? What should be the markers of Christian identity? We talk about a universalist ethic versus a tribalist ethic. We ask the question, what are the boundary markers of Christian community? What defines whether you're in or out of it? And we also discuss specifically how important sexual morality is to the definition of Christian identity. I hope you enjoy. All right. Elijah, you got uh, you got a quote for us? Yeah. To start with, you want to pull it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so do, do we want to give the context or will we lose our, our ability to be serious? Uh, who knows? Just, who it's knows? an Orson Welles quote. Let's yeah. start with that. We'll, okay, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll keep it. We'll, uh, we'll keep it there. Yep. All right, which which I uh, appreciate. Um, at, least, at least we believe it is. Right. How, how, are you 100% sure of that? <laughs> so <laughs> the internet says that this is an Orson Welles quote. Yeah. What's, you know, what's my, my favorite quote about the internet? What? That, uh, you can only believe half of what you read on the internet. Abraham Lincoln. Oh my, wow. (laughs) 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 Wow. Where's the sound effects? Yeah. (laughs) All right. So Uh, we, we actually have no idea who this quote is actually from, but the internet says it's from Orson Welles. Yeah. So our culture has accepted two huge lies. The first is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear or hate them. The second is that to love someone means you agree with everything they believe, say, or do. Both are nonsense. You do not have to compromise convictions to be compassionate. There you go. There's a lot there. All right. I think that's the end of our podcast. Yep. I'm I'm good. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Orson. Yes. Or whoever. (laughs) Random internet. Meme generator. Oh, man, there's there's so many implications, so many ways that I think even before we um, we started recording, we were talking about this. And so this can get really spicy. So but we're going to try and keep it in in the pocket here um, um, and really try to, I guess, paint the four, you know, the corners here, you know, church culture. Politics. We want to keep our PG rating. Exactly. <laughs> PG rate. Um, and so like. Just just the idea, I think maybe even just starting off with the premise of, of why we were doing this is like how how do we how do we have conversations and we're definitely living in a day and time, a period, right, where um people people's thoughts or and opinions are um what would you say are would you say that they're they're held so tightly that when you go and say, "Hey, uh, if you question it, if you question their opinion, if you question their thought, not even in a, in a you know in a in a like uh, you know in in a combative or whatever type of way, but just to to say, "Hey, I I disagree with you," or or maybe flesh that out a little bit. I, I've found that. Um, 
you know, you're immediately, you're immediately met with hostility, right? So, I mean, as you're talking, I was thinking that, you know what, they're like, they're so that, so that, I mean, I agreed, we, we had a long conversation yeah. before this and, and I agreed to start with that, that Wells quote because it resonates with me. Yeah. Um, but as you were talking, I started realizing actually there are all sorts of ways in which it's not true too, though. Like it clearly captures a truth, but I think there's also places. So it's not, it's not that I don't actually think that all the time every, I mean, cause you and I disagree plenty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and there are plenty of people that I disagree with. Um, even people that I'm really close to even, and it's, but it's like specific kinds of things end up becoming, um, they're, they're like, well, so the the Old Testament term for this is shibboleths, right? They're yeah. like these purity tests or these, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there there are things that absolutely adhere to that um, those two truths that Wells is talking about, but there are also places where that's not necessarily the case. And I think that it is, it's like they're they're. I feel like, and we can explore this. Um, I feel like it's those places that mark the the boundaries of the community. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah, so like, yeah. which again, you know, so like that's what a shibboleth was is yeah. it was, you know, are you one of us or are you one of them? Yeah. Can you say this yeah. word? Cause if you're one of them, you won't be able to pronounce it right. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, we do that same kind of thing in all sorts of ways in, you know, in theological circles. And matter of fact, this is really funny. I had, uh, so, you know, I went to, um, uh, jujitsu tournament last weekend Yeah. and, uh, Zoe and I went, we went with a group from our gym. So there was like maybe 11 competitors and some family members. So there's like close to 20 of us. Anyway, there was a group of us that went out to dinner and on the way to dinner. Um, so some people know I'm a pastor, some people don't. And on the way there, um, uh, a couple of people who didn't know I was a pastor found out. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I always get like weird responses to that, especially in contexts where like it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily occur to people naturally that like, Oh, like you're a Christian or you might be a pastor or, you know, and so like at the gym, we're like beating each other up all day. And then it's like, (laughs) Oh, you're a pastor, you know? So like people responded anyway. So one, so, so one of the guys had had that response in the car. So then like a half hour later at dinner, he just turns to me out of the blue and he's like, so what's your creed? (laughs) <laughs> like that totally just like all right i want to know like what you're all about and i totally butchered it because i don't really <laughs> think that way i don't have like you know i'm not like the guy who's like well let me tell you my creed you know what i mean and like gave him like the, oh, the like 12 points of doctrine that i adhere to and the five things that will get you banished and the like three points that will get Total you depravity yeah you know what i mean like no election that's not that's not <laughs> how i like think about that stuff Um, and he was cool. He wasn't actually, but like he was raised in a real specific tradition that he doesn't really participate in, but still kind of believes in. And so he wanted to know, like, so really what he was asking me is like, are you in my tribe or are you in some other tribe? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so I feel like that's where like those kinds of things, the like Wells responses really come up when it's like, you know, and it could be, it could be anything. It could be things connected to faith. It could be things connected to, you know, I mean, I don't even know, like, are you a Bills fan or not? But yeah. they become important when it's like, these are things that mark the boundaries of our community yeah. and our tribe. And that's when it's like, Hey, if I question it, yeah. you immediately respond with, you know, threats of violence. Yeah. 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 And yeah that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, so like, let's take it up one more notch. I think that's a really good, good way to nuance this conversation. I think now 
I think what we're, we're seeing is that culture, culture is always trying to inform what those things are, right? Um, and it's always trying to, um, um, you know, set up these, these, these boundary marks, depending on whatever side you are, whether it's politically, ethnically, whatever, whatever, right? Like th those things even, even more so get funneled, right? And, and create these different community, these tribes, these different communities, right? Which now find themselves <laughs> with these hard-lined ideas, which make conversation really difficult, right? Um, and I think that's where really I, I wanted to go, but I'm glad that you, you nuanced the conversation there is because it's, it's like that's where we find ourselves um, right now. And, and so I think even when we talk about things like uh, we did not too long ago about men and women, right? Like I'm sure that there were people which, you know, were listened to that and just like taking sides immediately, yeah. right? Like Our wives. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my wife was just like, oh, "You're dumb." Yeah. No, uh, and when I say taking sides, it wasn't like Tammy was taking my side and Jane was taking your side. It's that both of them are like, "These men are idiots." What are they doing? <laughs> yeah. uh, they were both taking their side against us. Exactly. Was <laughs> <laughs> that was that uh, Princess Bride? You know, you keep saying that word. I do not think it means which. <laughs> yes. So Tammy and I actually listened to that podcast together. Yeah. I was like, "You got to listen to this," and she like didn't, and I'm like, "All right." we'll listen to it together yeah and then she she thought i was an idiot yeah yeah i i i, I was like oh man we should put out that podcast <laughs> <laughs> i've been thinking about this my like, wife's gonna hear this like, and oh, uh man i don't like no. i was like i left that i was like i felt really good afterwards but then i was like man i don't, I don't know man. I, I feel uncomfortable <laughs> all right so but yeah. so but what we're talking about is really tribalism. It's actually yeah. kind of funny. Like it's a topic that I've talked about with you plenty and have talked about with others on this podcast. And I mean, it's just a, it seems like one of the important facts or trends of our day. Um, and I would imagine tribalism has always been an issue for all people always. Yeah. It's all, you know, I can't imagine that there's ever been a time or ever will be a time yeah. that it's not a factor, mm -hmm. but it does seem like it's become like a real, it, just an important part of how, how we live our lives as human beings, but also what it means for us to follow Christ in, in our day and in our time and in our place is that we have to figure out how, how to handle tribalism. And, and I, you know, we were talking again before the, before the show yeah. about that, there's a lot of ways that that kind of presents itself to the mind around political questions. Yeah. But there's also a lot of ways that, that, um, that's true theologically or denominationally as well. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the political, um, political tribalism seems to have overtaken, uh, theological tribalism in the last decade or so. Yeah. Um, which is, I, again, I don't know if that's good or bad that like yeah, <laughs> that are yeah. so, so maybe like the, the schisming of the church over the last thousand years from like one denomination to two to yeah. 10,000, yeah. maybe in the next decade we'll discover that there's only two. 
Yeah. There's the the red Christians and the blue Christians, Christians yeah. right? And I have no idea if that will be better or worse than the thousands of different kinds of Christians. Man. I don't know. What do you think? That would, I, man, I, that would be, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, I, hopefully I'll be long gone by then. You're hoping uh, it takes 50 years oh to get God. there? I'm hoping it takes, <laughs> yes. Well, I plan to live a little bit more longer than 50, you know, yeah. good 55. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, but like I, I, so one and so much, so much agreement there. I think like, I just think about the way that, that, uh, the church has, has handled, um, these issues, <laughs> these issues, uh, historically, I think that's what I was thinking about as you were talking about, uh, and just like how quickly we were to like write people off, mm. right. In, in fluid conversations. Now I'm not saying that. So, um, so I, cause I, I do see what you're talking about, but I actually would push back against that too. So give some more detail to yeah. that. Yeah. So I think like when you just kind of talk about the history of theological development for the church, right? There okay. were some guys, which we would say yeah. um, a lot, of, I think because of the spirit is the main reason, but like also because they lost the argument, mm. right? That they, that they were heretical in their ideas. Right. Who are you talking about? Uh, man, uh, it was uh, the guy who believed in modalism. As a, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting I thought you were going to name like it? some of the pastors in town. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just like, messing with you. Oh, my, <laughs> my eyes almost popped out of my head like, no. <laughs> no, that's right. next week's episode. Uh, no, <laughs> Join us next week because we name all of the heretical pastors oh. in the city of Buffalo. Well, but like, yeah, like, that, like there's, um, is it? Is it Erasmus? I'm not good with the names. I'm not good. I know so that I know them. the specific heresies. Yeah, but but like yeah, like there's 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 those guys, and then when you kind of look at it, is that these people loved Jesus, right? At sure. least from 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 all accounts of what we kind of can gather through history, that they love Jesus, they love the church. They were just trying to figure out this really complex idea, mm -hmm. right? Around like is God three in one, right? right? Like. And we act like even now when, and I'm not, I'm a fully Trinitarian. But, but my like, understanding is most of the people who were advocating doctrines that we have determined to be heretical, yeah. they were, they weren't confronted in their lifetime that like most of those, that's not always true, but yeah. like most of the people, so like origin or like that, that he, he, like the church explicitly repudiated some of his teaching after he died. Oh, and so yeah. it took like a generation or two for the church to work through some of these conflicts. Yeah, some of them, some of them. I, no, I understand. Were You're right. Yeah. Right. There, there right, definitely yeah. are. Are I mean, there, there are, there are places yeah. where that's not the case. Yeah. And in um, one, I'm thinking about one ex specific incident. I remember reading it and just busting out laughing as I was reading it. It's not a funny situation, but like, um, uh, it's it was called like the the red. Uh, it was called like the the red. Um, I'm forgetting the name. Oh my gosh, I should I should have these thoughts together when we were having these conversations. But basically, uh, they they came together uh, for Sanad, uh, for Sanad to to talk about you know uh, this continued idea around theology and like man like everybody was on this dude's side until like they were like hey like read out what he actually believes. Nobody actually knew. What this guy <laughs> believed, right? They just kind of were like, yeah, that kind of sounds right. He seems like a you know an honorable gentleman. Bob, Bob's then, a good guy. Why are you giving him a hard time? <laughs> and then they said like they read, they started reading what this dude believed. Everybody was like, what? And then like basically like. 
killed him and his people like right there on the spot wait He's when like was this vicious. this was like in the uh i'm gonna say it's like the third or fourth fourth century um it's a, it's a funny story I, i'll if i if i remember next so next this definitely got to be post constantine uh yeah it's gotta post, be yeah post you didn't yeah, you didn't is. have any of that kind yeah. of right no it was po- it is definitely post constantine but this i mean again like obviously like the church was meeting to think through theological matters over and over and right. over and over again right like so it was it wasn't too far in the future but it was you know whatever four or five hundred uh you know what i'm saying um and like it was just like I was just like wow that's buck wild right yeah. and like you have that same thing with martin luther's crew or whatever you know no, which are, no, no. you know you could just keep on going and it is a, a spirit i think that has plagued um the church um and has which, been which part of it though because there so i think and you know clearly we've already demonstrated that we're not experts on any yeah. of these periods of church history because we or, can't name one of them i know we're like what's bob oh, we'll just call him bob, bob. um no thing. i i i think i think uh no, I lost the train of thought. What were we talking about? It shows your expertise. My expertise. <laughs> you know you're an expert when you lose your train of thought. Um, you're talking about like, what were you talking about? Who knows? <laughs> so what do you think about the Bills? <laughs> Are they going to win? Are they going to win on Sunday? No, okay, so I'll, I'll keep going. <laughs> I'll keep going from where I was thinking. I'm just saying that it is a spirit that has plagued the church. Oh, that's there, you, there you go. Right. Yeah. So, so there's... There is a difference between the church's um, willingness and some some corners of the church's willingness and even pursuit of schism um, that I would say is is deeply problematic, um, and that's that's been present all throughout the the church's history. I think like there are corners of the church that are that, yeah because I I would see that in some ways connected to like the fundamental religious impulse as we use the word religion in a negative sense. Right. Um, But that's not the same thing as the church's desire to come together and answer some of these deep questions that, that do require answering. Yeah. So those aren't, I agree with that. Okay. So that's not what I'm talking about. What I am saying is, is that in that process, what we've found is right is usually splits division and then the demonizing right of these yeah. people as if right they are uh these people have nefarious like motives and not that they didn't have the same motives right yeah. it, it, they might have been wrong and the spirit is is showing that they're wrong but like you know I mean, we could keep on going like w- one person which i have re- i appreciated for a long time right um and I felt like as soon as he got off the same page as the majority of people, we did the same thing to him. And I would say that's uh, Rob Bell, mm. right? He posed the question. Now, he was going in the wrong direction, right? Especially if you're an Orthodox believer, he was starting to go in the wrong direction, yeah. right, towards universalism. But his first book, there's so many people. Asterisk. That- <laughs> we're going to come back to that, that universalism, and it absolutely applies to what we're talking about. Perfect, Keep going. Perfect. You got to remember, though, don't forget. Oh, I will. <laughs> Like his his first book, right, um, where he really pushes this, not his first book ever, but like Love Wins. Mm-hmm. There were people that were afraid of the notion of the question that never read a lick of his book oh, right? True. that yeah. demonized them. Yes. Now, was the impulse to say, hey, 
this is an important issue. We we definitely should have this conversation yeah. because this is critical to our faith, right? Of course it is. The, the question is, right, do these tribal burial lines stop us from having conversation and having them well? Because knowing that the person on the other side of this is not my enemy, right? right? And this is the problem which I see that, that the way that we have these conversations, the way that culture is is curating like our our ideas, our desires, our motives, basically, to have these conversations is that you're automatically now become my enemy because you think differently than me, right? right? Even though it is fundamental, it could be as important and as fundamental to like who I am, yeah. but why can't we have the conversation and why do you have to have right. nefarious motives in, you know, in, in that, that's the part which I... Right. So that's what I'm talking about. No, 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 no. So, so two thoughts. The first is just to reiterate what we were saying at the very beginning of, of this conversation, that the reason why people respond that way is not because we're disagreeing and it's not because we have to agree to be friends. It's because somebody is calling into question something that is one of the markers of group identity. Yeah. It's specifically that, right? Yeah. And so, so you know, whatever whatever those, I mean, I had a conversation with a friend just recently, you know, Nick Wright is. Mm -hmm. So he loves to hate on Josh Allen and the Bills because he's a Chiefs fan. He's, you know, football analyst. And my friend who's a Bills fan was like, I hate Nick Wright. And I'm like, come on, you can't hate Nick Wright. Like he doesn't actually hate Josh Allen. That's his shtick. That's like what he does. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not, he's not Darth Vader. He's James Earl Jones playing Darth Vader on TV. You know what I mean? So when yeah, you bump yeah. into him in real life, you don't hate him because he's Darth Vader. You love him because he's such a great actor who plays Darth Vader on screen. Yeah, like oh, that's uh, how you have to interact with this guy. I mean, guy. I, I also equally hate Nick Wright. Well, right. <laughs> Maybe that's because you think he's a bad actor or whatever. But, but like, like this is my point is that my friend just couldn't go there. Yeah. Cause he's like, no, 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 no. Because the bills are the bills. Yeah. And like anybody who touches my beloved bills is the enemy. Yeah. I don't care why he does it. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm like throwing my friend under the bus. He's actually not that dense. He's, he's, <laughs> he's a smart guy. He gets it. But, but, but it's like that. It's that like, you're not allowed to touch this Yeah, because this is the cow. thing. Well, and it's my sacred cow because it is the thing around which all of us gather yeah. and all of us define ourselves and yeah. all of us orient ourselves to. And so like, that's the thing that, that ends up, um, like driving this whole thing. So that was the one thing I wanted to say. Yeah. But the other thing is that, um, I do actually think that the church has at times and places done exactly what you've described but also at times and places done the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah. The church has been a force for unity and for love and for reconciliation. Uh, I mean, one of the, so I'm, I'm a big N.T. Wright fan. I know you are yeah. too, for all sorts of reasons. I'm an N.T. Wright fan. And this is one of the things that maybe a lot of people wouldn't know about N.T. Wright unless they really dug into a lot of his body of work mm -hmm. is that he was um, personally very involved in a lot of the high level conversations within the Anglican communion uh, around their position on uh, human sexuality and really was advocating. So there's some huge splits in the Anglican, Anglican communion worldwide around what they thought scripture had to say and what the right thing was around, you know, we're specifically talking about the different practical questions around homosexuality. So, mm -hmm. you know, ordination and marriage and all of those kinds of things. And so there's huge divides in the Anglican communion over this. 
N.T. Wright did have a stake in the game around what he thought were the truths of those things. Mm -hmm. But the thing that he kept coming back to and being this incredibly strong advocate for as a very high-level Anglican leader is we can't let our disagreements about this divide our fellowship, divide our communion, divide our commitment to each other that is rooted not in our agreement about what the scriptures say about sexuality, but rather is rooted in our agreement about what the scriptures say about who Jesus is. Yeah. Right. And he held that line really firmly. And I really appreciated that. And, you know, that doesn't mean that the Anglican communion didn't have, you know, fallout uh, around that they, they have, and they still are figuring it out. Yeah. But, but, you know, he's an example of a person. There are examples of lots of other people and lots of other Christian, you know, communities and denominations and that I feel like really have actually done a really good job of saying these are deep, deep, deep disagreements that we have on really, really, really important matters, but they're not reason enough for schism, no matter how big they are and how contentious these disagreements are, that actually is not an excuse for us to, to part company. And I think what that points at is I don't think we can avoid, I don't think we can avoid tribalism. I think that what we have to do is make sure of two things. Number one, that we clearly define what those binding principles are and we don't get them wrong. Because yeah. if if we really are bound together around our love for Josh Allen and our hatred for Nick Wright, like if yeah. that's really what binds us together, yeah. we're going to be a really dysfunctional community, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and if we're really bound together on whether or not it's okay for people to engage in homosexual behavior, we're going to be a really dysfunctional community because that's not what's at the center of the Christian faith. Yeah. But if we are bound together around our understanding of who the person of Christ is and his work on the cross and, and what that means for us, then, then that's actually something to say, this is the center. This is the, the thing that we should orient ourselves around. So I think, I think getting the center right really matters. And then in addition to that, then this is part of why getting the center matters so much is that, you know, if Nick Wright is at the center or if Jesus Christ is at the center, both of those have an incredibly different outcomes when it comes to the question of how do we treat people who aren't in our tribe? Yeah. Yeah. Because, because like they're, they're enemies in either case, right? (laughs) Jesus says, here's how you treat your enemies. And Nick Wright says, this is how you treat your enemies. But they both had very different instructions on how their followers are supposed to treat their enemies. Okay. So I I think I'm trying, I'm tracking with you. um, And I think my, my one thought though, is that, Yes. Okay. That that is true. All right. And I think you're 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 definitely being optimistic in the way that you're <laughs> the way that you're communicating okay. these, these things, right? Like, because like I'll take know, that. You know, and I'll I, accept the 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 charge <laughs> of optimism. Yeah. Yeah. You know um, Guilty. How how that that plays out in the everyday, right? Like that's that's the what we ought to do, right? Um, I think. For me, right, is that I think we are more, we're more enamored, right, with what, um, what defines us as, you know, a tribe. That's the language that we're using, as opposed to what un- unifies us as a tribe. Wait, I think, wait, wait. Say, say that again. I, didn't I think we're that. more enamored. I think human nature, right? So let's let's talk specifically the West right now. I think we're more enamored with what. Um, 
what uh, what define what we're defined against, right? Gotcha. Okay. To board to to like border that that try. So like we're more defined, right? Basically, in our hatred for Nick Wright. Which than our should, love for Josh Allen. Than our love for Josh Allen, right? right? You know what I'm saying? And like, and that's my, and that's my, um, I think that's the reason why I say, say what I say, right? Because like, we can, if we can define, so like to go to a Christian church, I, I agree with you, but like in the church, there were boundary markers, right? And I know where you're going to go with this, but I'm, I'm kind of trying to play devil's advocate for the sake of our conversation context here, but like in the church, there were boundary markers that said like, Hey, you no longer can be this, right? If these things now exist in your community, you no longer are defined as this kind of community. Right. And so much so that we are going to excommunicate you and out of that. Right. Um, and, and, and so like, yeah, like you cannot like if the rules are like, hey, right, you can love everybody, you know what I'm saying, in the bills, just to use this analogy, beat it to death, right? But like you Sorry to all you people who are like, well, who are the bills? <laughs> exactly. But like you can't you can't wear like like I love Nick Wright t-shirts in our camp. Like, you just can't do that because you know he's not a Josh Allen teammate, right? Like You can wear the shirt as long as you'd, like, draw, like, a Hitler mustache exactly, on Nick Wright. Exactly, right? Like, you have, to, you have to, like, show, like, some type of allegiance. And, and there is the idea of, like, like, there has to be some type of um, buy-in and show of allegiance, right, uh, to say that I am a part of this team. Um, and so that also, that is also the communication of like, you know, Hey, pushing people out. Now I get, again, I go back to this idea of that's the reason why I think that we, we, we right. do it wrong. It's not saying that we haven't done it right, but I think right, that right, right. we're more inclined to do it wrong because I think that my argument is that I think we like, we, we're not as interested, not that we're not interested, but like, I think it is. It is far much more fun. <laughs> Let me use that word to yeah. argue about you know to argue the the latter than than like man Jesus is what unifies us. Let's come together in Jesus and we'll kind of figure these things out. No, no, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I think if so, if what you're saying, like when you say we, if you're like speaking for the whole church or the whole American church or even just the whole, you know, that's where I'm kind of like, well, I yeah, don't. I'm not speaking. I'm, I'm just talking about like Western cultural well, community what, right like yeah. i'm just talking about like and that's and i and i get you right because I'm now just, i just need we're a little nuance to, yeah, yeah. A little, just a little yeah. nuance yeah I, I know you want me to kind of whittle it down i'm just saying like what what the way that the the way that we kind of see dom, dominant the, the culture whether it's media whether it's all these these other things politics whatever sure. shaping we, we what what i see is right different iterations for different things but what it does seem to you know um uh continue to to bring out is that like like Jesus is not the unifying, Jesus is not the unifying like idea here or that your your uh, uh uh ideal of justice is not the unifying thing here you don't like that this person does this and so therefore if they have a different idea you automatically get demonized you they don't deserve a conversation and until people started calling out the absurdity of cancel culture like you were canceled till people realize, oh wait, that's not you can't 
actually cancel someone. Yeah. You know, so. Well, so I, so I do agree with you that, that this is a, a problem that exists within the church. It's a problem that exists within culture. I would even say that it's a temptation that exists within every single human being. So in that sense, yeah, I agree. Um, all I'm saying is that I do think that there are pl- places that the church is getting it right and individual Christians are getting it right. I mean, I would say you and I personally have invested a lot of our own time and energy, blood, sweat, and tears Mm -hmm. as, as pastors and leaders in the city pushing in this direction in what we would say is the right direction. And that doesn't mean that we don't have our temptations to, you know, to fight or to bicker or to seek control for ourselves or any of those things. But that, that there is still this like recognition that, that the way forward is actually to identify the center and to, to use the center to define, well, to define, to define our tribal identity yeah, and our, our, and, and that that then becomes like our affiliation to each other is, you know, like, yeah, I'm somebody who has oriented my life around the person of Jesus and you've done the same. And that's, you know, in spite of the fact that, you know, you're a Wesleyan and that means that your theology is bad. We can still, Oh man, so you weren't you? You missed it. I just I just have to let everybody know Elijah's checking his texts right no, now. No, I am so not. Why, I'm not. I was going back. That's why he didn't bite when I when I told him that his Wesleyan theology means that his his theology is bad. Okay, first of all, so in the vineyard we actually don't even have a theology. We just believe whatever's true. <laughs> you guys just believe whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, saying we we, we got we got years and years of history. You guys just are like, hey, okay, this yeah. guy put up a YouTube post. Um, right. Go yeah. with that. Yes. That so if the Catholics heard you and I arguing <laughs> about the fact that your your denomination is older, I don't think that would go over very well. Oh man. Well, so so Orthodox, anyways. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ask ask an Orthodox priest if you're Orthodox. Yeah. No. So I I think one of the things I was just I was going back to just kind of make sure that we're we're, we're being we're holding our audience is holding us true to like what we've been, you know, what we said we're going to talk about, right? So just looking back at the quote. um, All right. He wasn't reading his text. He was just (laughs) reading an Orson Welles quote. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Right. So hold that thought. Yeah. Is, so one of the things, this is, this is um, not an Orson Welles quote. It's a, come on, what's the other guy? 1984, George Orwell. I always get those names confused. Um, Although I do know the difference between them. George Orwell said of, um, uh, some of the kind of like, polit- so he was, he was very much like kind of a political activist political. Yeah. And I mean, you, you can see that in his writings that clearly he's writing about politics, although he had, I don't know if you would call it an epiphany or a conversion, but definitely had an evolution in his thinking around politics over his life. Um, but he said at one point of some of the activists that he was connected to that he discovered that there were lots of people whose activism was not motivated by a desire to help the poor, but rather simply by a hatred of the rich. Yeah. Um, and that that's not the same thing at all. Um, exactly. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so, so what I'm saying yeah. is I hear where you're coming yeah. from. That was <laughs> exactly. all of that yeah, was yeah, to yeah. say, like, I feel you. Yeah. That's a thing. Um, and, and, and again, to, to your point, right. It's like there that like God is in control. One, I think I really always appreciate in these conversations that there's always balance, right? Because I think like we can always talk about 
some of the things which are wrong. And we actually started off before we we did the podcast, kind of having that conversation a little bit, right? Oh, about, about like loving the church, loving the church. The church right? It's so easy to kind of say like, here's these things here, right? Um, and that we don't understand. This is that true. Actually, actually, in light of what you said before this podcast, that you're the one that's like poking holes in the church, and I'm the one that's defending it. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not, and uh, and and all I'm saying is that be consistent, Pastor. <laughs> I'm all over the place. I'm Wesleyan. Remember that? It's <laughs> <laughs> true. No, but like I think like that's my that's my um that that's 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 where I'm I land uh with with this stuff is that yes God is in control that the church is is healthy that God is, is that God is not going to let the church go out of control right mm-hmm. so like let's let's understand that and the church is so much bigger than what we understand i think though most people which are at the very least which are um privileged enough to be able to think through these conversations because i also don't think i think class wise these are privileged conversation, right? If you're poor, some of these conversations don't even, you're not even really thinking about them, right? Some of these political, whatever. Are you whatever. saying that poor people are dumb, Elijah? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? Just don't punch me, okay? What? <laughs> Every week there's this just outrageous statement. <laughs> Look, hey, well, no, no, what? put your fist down. Put your fist down. <laughs> I'll say whatever you want. Just don't hit me. Oh, like I'm videoing now. Like, so like you can't even, you you guys, if you guys were here, you would see that he was trying to punch me. Stay on your side of the table. Oh my God. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So like, I think like some of these conversations are, are privileged. Right. And so like, so there's definitely a group of people, right. From, um, you know, myself, yourself, which are included, which have food on our table, which can, ha- which can think through these conversations a little bit more because we don't, have to worry about our belly as opposed to like some of these existential (laughs) ideas or thoughts right sure and again that doesn't mean i'm not i'm not trying to generalize and say like there's not tribal issues in different forms of class but i'm saying like these issues that i think that that are um that the dominant culture uh well not Mm. dominant culture um culture itself media uh, the culture curators. Let, let, let me use that. So word. I don't know. I, I I would have to actually think about what you're saying to think about whether or not I agree with it. I'm I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm yeah. just not agreeing with it. I'm not even finished saying what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm anticipating <laughs> what you're about to say. All right. And then critically analyzing it. Let me finish my thought. And then deciding whether or not I agree with it. All I am saying is that I think there's cult, there's culture curators, right? Which in today, which is uh, brought to us by phones, TVs, uh, public f- officials, which, which I would argue, you don't have to agree with this if you don't want to, these are Elijah's sentiments, I would argue, right, that most of us have not really thought about certain issues, right? So just just for example, let's use a quick yeah. example, right? Bring it home. Um, critical race theory. Most people have not read what critical race theory is. They've read maybe articles of somebody's idea or somebody's stance on what critical race theory is. Sure. Right. Most people have heard from the news, someone trying to articulate what critical race theory is right. on both sides. Most people have not pulled up a textbook on critical race theory and have actually read through it and then have their, have been able to bring about their opinions. Right. And what happens is right. Like you have these, Cultural curators, which are 
trying to inform us how do we how should we think without us doing our own investigation of how to actually right. think. So what you're saying is that there's probably a 10 to 1 or even a 100 to 1 ratio of people who have opinions on what whether critical race theory is good or bad versus people who actually even know what it is. Exactly. Right. No, I I'm I'm totally with agree. You. And I would say that that's, that's on most that's, issues. That's, that's true. Yes. Yeah. And it's not just political issues. Yeah, it's, it's also theological ones. Theological, political, uh, ethnic. Like there's a lot of these spaces. And I think that... And so when that becomes, which that's the exact point I was making to my friend about Nick Wright. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't I, now. So for, for, for Nick Wright, back, I just I know, totally, like, I just like, on a rabbit did. trail. You definitely did. Cause you know what? Let me tell you real quick. What my problem with Nick Wright is, is that he thinks LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. And uh, I will forever not be okay with that. See, and so that's the same Josh Allen thing. Or I have to, I have to say though with, so I don't like basketball, so I've never listened to any of his takes on basketball, but based on what I know of Nick Wright and his football analysis, I don't think he thinks any of the things he says. Man, the dude is, he's, he's playing he's a, a role. shock jock. Yeah, he's playing is a role. Him and Colin Cowherd. You don't actually think that James Earl Jones wanted to kill Luke Skywalker, do you? No, oh my gosh. It was just a role. So, back to the... <laughs> <laughs> no, so, like, so, yeah, so that's that's where... That's where I'm at is that these these are the things, right, which which communicate like if I disagree, I am all I automatically uh, deemed a a bigot. I'm automatically deemed, uh, you know, a woman hater or, you know, I'm saying uh, a man hater or whatever, whatever, whatever. Like I'm I'm, I I prefer the term libtard. (laughs) Wow. It's, it's getting buck wow. You should have, this conversation. I had a conversation earlier today. Is it literally a great, such a great falls term. in line to this? Yeah, no, no. It, it is. It is a. But like that's the thing, right? Like, and and so I think as believers, this is where actually where I really wanted to go with this. Um, and I wanted to kind of wait and continue fleshing out this idea, but I feel like it's a good point part to do it. Um, as believers. What I see, and this is where I, I really appreciate ideas from the new perspective, right, really coming into place. In just, the to, way. just to very briefly, the new perspective that you're referring to yeah. is the new perspective on Paul, on Paul yep. which N.T. Wright would be probably one of the m- most popular members of that mm-hmm. on the um, forefront of scholarly that community. Ideas, yeah. But there are several other people who've done a lot of scholarly work. There. Yeah. And yeah. it runs the gamut. But but we're we're in line with right. where we kind of see that. So we're not going to go into all those details. You can do your own research. We uh, see ourselves as new perspective on Paul fanboys. Exactly. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Keep and going. So, but like what I, this is what I really appreciate about the, 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 the new perspective is that it gives nuance now to one of the biggest conversations that are happening in the new Testament as these new people, which are saying we are now yeah. right, uh, right. United in, in this new identity in Christ Jesus yeah. Right. But I'm still ethnically a Jew, <laughs> like, right. you know, and so what does that mean? And this Jesus that just came was ethnically a Jew, but that dude over there is a Gentile. So what does that look like? And now Paul is talking about dietary habits and and like, do you need to be circumcised? Right. Like the Judaizers literally were walking around with knives on their person 
Just yeah. like, hey, they're, they're, that's part of the Bob, circumcision. bring the scalpel. Hey, come, come over here, brother. You, I found another one. Are you, do, you, do you really think you're safe? Do you really want to follow Jesus? He's <laughs> like, like, all right. <laughs> and yes. like, this is, what's, this is what's taking place. And Paul is doing a masterful job. Like when you really, when this is, this is one of the reasons why I really love the new perspective and, and just kind of, um, you know, thinking through that, those lenses. It's like, man, he's doing a masterful job of like, right. hey, man. Dude, like honestly, you can continue to do your your thing as an ethnic Jew, right? You can, yes. man. You don't don't put that on that guy. Yeah, he leave leave the scalpel at home. Leave, leave the scalpel at home, man. That guy wants to walk straight for a good you know month or two. Like, the scalpel is just for Jewish worship. Exactly. <laughs> like, and that don't stop you. And we can still right. find like what is true and what is right in Jesus. And there's something beautiful, and I yeah. think something really powerful yeah. about. The church yep. before it hits this political weird stuff up here. I'm not, and again, hmm. wait, 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 because I know, I know how you think. You, yeah, I'm not saying that it doesn't continue to be beautiful. <laughs> I'm not saying that God's not still in it. I was but actually going saying, the other way, but I'm just saying. All I'm saying is that there's there's something that I think is so powerfully, um, man. You know, I'm gonna use this word. I'm gonna use this word. You're gonna like it. All right, maybe I don't know. There's something so powerfully like explosively re, like this is this and i don't even know if i'm if this is going to be a word revival driven or something like revivalistic that. revivalistic oh i like that, I like that. <laughs> revivalistic you know what i'm saying because revivalizing because it is it is it is so like i'm putting all of my stuff aside mm. because jesus is what unifies me right and so like it's but like they're not those th those things aren't gone from them right right but they're being, I love this word too, they're being almost like terraformed. <laughs> like, okay. You know what I'm saying? That's a good word. Into, yeah. into this new thing, right? Mm. As they're, as the like heat of community is like, and the spirit is like pressing on them. Yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. anyway, like I don't know. You no, know. I, I, I mean, I, Yes, I think we're in agreement. Yeah. Um, I mean, you basically just fanboyed on NT Wright for like the last five minutes. So of course I agree with you. You know what I mean? You're like, let me let me channel the new perspective on Paul. No, yeah, that I I that that has been and and you know, to be clear and speaking for both of us, the reason why we love the new perspective on Paul, the scholarship that has come out of mm -hmm. that that body of scholars, is not because we love them, but mm -hmm. because they have helped us to see something that we believe is true in scripture yeah. and that is true about the heart of God. And so that is why we are fans of those scholars mm -hmm. and their scholarship is because we believe they're right. Um, and they've helped us to see something that I can speak for myself and you can, you yeah. can respond to whether or not this is true of you. You know, there were things that, that were in scripture all along that I didn't see yeah. and I engaged with for a long time without seeing them. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, not just through engaging with the new perspective on Paul, but in large part through engaging with the new perspective on Paul, I began to discover things in scripture that were all always there that I should have been able to see that I couldn't. And yeah. so it's like, man, yeah. And it's, and it's that it's what you're describing. And it's this, this incredible, um, universal ecumenical reality mm -hmm. that was the birth of the church that is recorded in the pages of the New Testament, where, where I would push back on some of the way you painted that picture is that I don't actually think 
that there was this kind of like pure time in the beginning of the church that's recorded in the pages of scripture that then hit this political reality. I actually think what you see in the pages of scripture is this, like the, the impulse of the spirit in God's people, pushing God's people to move against the political realities and the social realities of its yeah, day. Yeah. And that you actually see that same tension that we are, we're pointing at in 21st century American church context and yeah. saying there's this like universalist ethic at the center of the church that is centered on Jesus. And there's all of this like crazy political, like tribalist stuff that's also in the church too. That goes all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. And so, that, so I, I just want to make, make clear what I'm saying too. Uh, I, agree with that and that's what i was i was trying to say i I'm, i wasn't trying to communicate that it was pure okay i'm gonna right? go on record and say that elijah <laughs> never tried to punch me <laughs> yes finally uh no but i was not i wasn't trying i to just wanted to reciprocate <laughs> the spirit is at work <laughs> the truth now, after the podcast when we turn it off we're gonna hug <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, so the, like, I agree with you. Like there was never, I think that's, I, I love, I love you saying that. And maybe I, if I communicated it differently, that's not what I was trying to, I was like, with all the chaos, like, I'm just thinking about like slave mm. and, and free and master and in a culture where like the man, I, I Scott McKnight said this to us in, in a class once he said, uh, he was like, uh, about the idea of sexuality in Roman culture. Right. And it was all about like, you, like you could only, like you could only, um, for men, you could only basically impose your sexual will downward, but you couldn't do it peer to peer. Like there was no peer to peer, like, uh, sexual, like necessarily engagement because it was a, a thing about honor and respect. So like you could, you you could have sex with your wife, your wife, could, could have sex with you. She couldn't have sex with anybody else. You could go out. You could go sleep with a prostitute. You could go sleep with a slave. You could go sleep with a boy. But it's, if it's somebody who's on your peer level, right? Because like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was like no, it's no like um, equal penetration or whatever. That It was it's actually, I kid you not, it is a it Okay, is a we just term. went to PG-13. <laughs> no, I kid you not, is that you could look at it. Uh, I think Stephen E. Young. Is it Stephen? I'm not disagreeing no, 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 no. with what you're saying. Uh, I'm just noting that you just upped our rating. I'm, That's all. I just want to make sure that I'm like also throwing in scholarship while I'm saying this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, New Testament and sexuality is a really good book. It's, if yes. you like books full of uh, Cliff, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, footnotes and stuff like that. Like he, he writes about this, this and that's idea. a scholarly book with an X rating. Yes, it's very much. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going through it for my thesis, and I'm like, holy smoke! Right. Like this is some book wild stuff. But like, I haven't read that book, but I have read books like that yeah. where you're like, wait, this is scholarship that what? I don't feel comfortable. Reading. Yeah, man, it's it's. But 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 like. All of that is taking place where I'm like, I love what, that you said that all of that is taking place. And that's what I'm saying is being forged in a fire of community with the spirit and, 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 and like being brought together. Right. Like, like, like I just see this picture of like almost like at the nucleus of it, of like the cross and it's just pulling these people in together. Right. And they still have their stuff. And as they're being right. pulled closer to the center, things are changing. I think the only reason why I think about the, um, as we get to kind of like the first big, you know, and this, I mean, the, the, the council of Nicaea is not the first, not the first, but like, that's kind of the one which everybody understands as far as like, well, a lot of I church. think that going to the Jerusalem council, which is recorded in yeah. the pages of acts is an even better place to go. Well, I, so I think for the point, 
Not not where I'm going with this point. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree Go with ahead. that. I think they're, they're still doing some of the good things. I think what I see there is that politics and money, right, kind of for the f- – for not I want to say necessarily maybe for the first time. I'm sure there, there was a little bit of that. But, like, it it played such a big role, right, uh, in – in shifting the way that we kind of approach these conversations. I'm not saying they weren't still spirit filled. I'm not saying that the, um, the, the, the word the Lord wasn't still doing some things, but it definitely, it's definitely started shaping and shifting the way some of these conversations sure. were made, right? People were back dealing to getting their, their ideal deals in. And I think at the Jerusalem council, like, again, I think it's not that things weren't political, Right. That these arguments weren't happening because we know they were like it's no, definitely described in the New Testament. Yeah. But I think still in this before that, there's something still a little bit more. Right. I, I don't use the word pure because I no, I, right. I get what you're saying, but like you get what I mean. There, yeah. There's something still a little bit well, more anchored. So, so there's a different. I mean, I, I have read accounts of some of the first ecumenical councils after Constantine, where you had these like state like. Roman Empire state sanctioned councils, mm-hmm. but you had bishops showing up to those councils that were still bearing the scars of the torture that they had suffered at the hands of the Romans in years past. Yeah. Right. And so this really is this incredibly revolutionary transformation. And, you know, this is centuries after Jesus. So yeah. this isn't like, like none of these people are like apostles. Exactly. From, you know, so this, yeah. is, this is generations later. And, and so the, like the, the early, you know, the, the early centuries of the church, this is centuries, right? So this is longer than the United States has been a country. Exactly. Yep. The church was a persecuted minority. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of the things that we're talking about where, you know, the church is having to figure out what it means to be united around the person of Jesus and whether or not, you know, circumcision or meals together or how we worship or like how we're going to be bound around the person of Jesus and and flesh out some of those kinds of things. That was all happening within the context of sometimes just kind of like, oh, like maybe heavy handed dealings from the government, but yeah. then other times outright persecution, persecution right? Yeah. For, for centuries. And so like, so, so there was, while there was politics going on, it was the politics that was going on inside of the, an oppressed community, yeah, yeah. which is very different than the and, politics that are going yeah. on inside members of the state, you, you know, uh, yeah. politicians of the Roman state. Exactly, so, so yeah. yeah, you're right. There's a, there's a huge shift that takes place, but it's, uh, I, I, I think just, yeah, like we don't want to lose sight of the fact that even the church at its purest was dealing with a mess and yeah. that even the church at its worst, there are elements of this incredibly beautiful and powerful reality. So so I, I want to maybe as we kind of right hit the runway here right so there so so you have something you want to talk about i have something i want to go back to which okay, is the you, you want to do that and then well, i, can I don't come know back. what do you want to talk about so i kind of i want to i want to throw out a little bit of what my thesis is a little bit okay. about and it, it kind of fits directly in line with what we're talking about i feel like it would be so, a great place to so kind of do it in a sentence or two, minutes. and I'll tell you in a sentence or two what I want to do with Rob Bell, and then we'll figure out which way we yeah. want to go. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, you're a universalist. I get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, um, <clears throat> I think like so. 
I have switched. I've told you a little bit about like where I'm going with this, and I continue to switch. And the more I read, especially John Park Barclay's work, okay. Um, uh, I told you, uh, uh, Paul and the Gift. Yep. Um, it's just been blowing my mind, and and I am fascinated. I am fascinated at the way Paul talks about community, mm. and honestly, this New Testament arc of how much community has to do with spiritual formation. And as an act of resistance to the forces of culture outside the church and um, as an act of resistance to uh, what John Mark Homer would would coin. um, He he has this book, which he he talks about uh, the flesh, the world and the devil. Right. Like I am really fascinated with that language, especially in Galatians. Um, Mm. And and so like. yeah, and so just kind of talking about this as a resistance to these forces which are trying to pull us to be divided, and it's like, you know, come with your your stuff, be transformed by Jesus. You know right. what I mean? Don't let don't let your your stuff transform this community, but let Jesus transform. That's yes. basically what I'm. So like, I don't know. That's that's kind of where I wanted to go. But like, what, no, no, what, no. What I, I, so I mean, maybe we can do both of these things. But I, I like I would like to talk about that. I think that's relevant. Um, and even, man, there's, well, I'll save that. If we get to have that conversation, I have some, something to add to that. But the, um, the, so the Rob Bell, the Rob Bell thing is, I think, so he, he got pilloried for, so there's the way the church dealt with Rob Bell, Mm -hmm. which I think is itself an example of some of the things that we're talking about tribalism and that kind of like essential, I don't know. I, I keep using the word universalism, which like that needs to be nuanced. It's not exactly the right word, but there yeah. is this universal ethic in Christ that clearly exists, right? Yeah. That, yeah. that transcends the previous tribalism of, of Judaism really. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, anyway, so, so like the way Rob Bell just got handled as like, just as a person and as kind of like a phenomenon yeah. is an example of what we're talking about. But then also I think, the, that book and the way um, uh, kind of universalism gets thought about is also an example of that. And then even more so, I think the way in which Christians think about h- how we relate to each other across schism, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I, I was not raised this way, so I was really shocked when I first encountered it. Um, but you know, like there are a lot of Catholics who think that Protestants are all going to burn in hell and a lot of Protestants who think Catholics are going to burn in hell. And like the first time I encountered that, I was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. That's wild. So, (laughs) so that kind of, that kind of like division exists within the church, but then it also exists across from Christian faith to other faiths. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all of those, those are like, like there's a lot of meat there for us yeah, to yeah, chew yeah. on. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I know, I that's, yeah, yeah. like there's and and it and it all relates to this conversation about yeah. tribalism and universalism and like where do we define the center of the community and what do we do with exactly. those people yeah. who don't a couple of questions. Where do where do we do how do we define the center of the community? Yeah. Right. What do we do with those people who are not in our community? Yeah. What do we do with those people who agree that the center is the center and are a part of the community, but we have huge disagreements with on other issues. Yeah. 
you know, what do we do with people who disagree about what the center is, but don't want to leave the community? Like there's all sorts yeah. of like questions yeah. that we could like wrestle with. Yeah. There, right. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that was kind of the thing that when no, you brought up you. Rob Bell, I was like, there's a lot of meat there to talk yeah. about. No, I'm I'm with you. And and I think actually kind of I, I started to touch on it. I was thinking about this too when you were saying that. I started to touch on it and we moved away. I mean, because man, this has just been a dope conversation, honestly. But like we should ask the people who are listening to it if it's dope. <laughs> if it's dope. I don't care if you're so if you're you listening to this I and you it's think dope. it's dope. I get to hang out with one of my best friends and talk about stuff. So, ah, there you no. go. so like, I, I think, dope. I think like for, for me, right. There's this, um, when, when the community ceases to be what it has sought out to be right. Mm. So, Example. I love the example. I love that. Sometimes people be like, I really hate that you, you just brought up this. This is Josh Allen example. It's good. All right. When the Josh Allen tribe starts becoming the Pat Mahomes tribe, it is Ooh. no longer the Josh Allen tribe. Yeah, no, it's true. Right? Yeah. Like, and so, and we cannot pretend that it is still the Josh Allen tribe when no one in there likes Josh Allen. Yeah. Or is wearing any of his gear, <laughs> or is or is celebrating it? Like we can no longer right like communicate that. And if or if I am in the Josh Allen tribe, and somebody comes and they're wearing Pat, Patrick Mahomes gear, right? And they're like, I like Josh Allen, but I also like Patrick Mahomes, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, so now we got to figure out. Okay. Is that okay or not? Is that okay or not? Can you be a member of the Patrick Mahomes fan club and, and the Josh Allen fan club? Or maybe you can only be a fan, uh, be a part of one, but can you be a part of one, but wear the gear from the other one? Exactly. Or, right. So yeah, no, exactly. I'm with you. So that's, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's the thing, right? Like, so right. how do we, like, when is it okay, right? To say, no, you, you're, you're not in this this tribe. Right. Well, so that question is really important. So it sounds like we're going in this direction. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we'll do this. We'll have the kind of like Rob Bell universalism conversation. And well, we only got like 15 minutes know. left. Yeah. Maybe we'll go for another, cause, cause you got to go or because we don't want to, we don't want to bore people. No, no, no. I mean, we should, we could split this up into two anyway. So, All right. well, so we'll keep talking until we're done talking. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think, um, man, I had an, had an immediate thought and I think I lost it. But I think that the, um, oh, that's what I was going to say. So, so there is, there is a tendency and it, it's, I think it's the tendency that you were pointing at very, at the, at the beginning of our conversation here, that there is this tendency towards schism and towards kind of being against people or nitpicking or finding things wrong with them. And you could call that a religious impulse or a tribalistic impulse or whatever you want, but that exists. And we can clearly identify that as something that's wrong and kind of like point at the, so there's this tendency that we have to say, okay, so here's, here's what we are. We're the Josh Allen fan club. And so, you know, if you are a Josh Allen fan, you can be part of the fan club. Great. Okay. But what about this person who is also a member of the Pat Mahomes fan club? Well, no, 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 no. They can't be in. Okay. But what about the person who's a part of the Josh Allen fan club, but 
is friends with the person in the Pat Mahomes fan club. Okay, well, we're going to kick them out too. Okay, what about the person who's in the Josh Allen fan club and isn't in the Pat Mahomes fan club, isn't even friends with anybody in the Pat Mahomes fan club, but thinks that we should let some of those people stay. Okay, we're going to kick him out too, right? So there's that, like, you can see that kind of like iterative process of like continuing to whittle down to this place of like, purity yeah. that is actually not, not right yeah. at all. And so yeah. I think like we could, and you're agreeing, like you, yeah. you can point at that and say, Oh, that's just not of Christ. That yeah. is not the spirit that is supposed to animate the church. Yeah. That is not the way that we're supposed to be engaging in point of fact. It, it like the, the impulse of Christ is almost the exact opposite of that. It's yeah. like, Oh, you're in the Pat Mahomes fan club. Come hang out with us. Yeah, exactly. Right? Wear yeah. your gear. Yeah. You, you, like come, come and like, and, and like, we're, I mean, we're, this is the Josh Allen fan club, but come hang out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, bring, bring your friend yeah. who hates us and hates Josh. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Right. Like that's really where, and, and this is where like, when we get the center, right, it matters because the reason why the church is that way is because Jesus is that way. And the yeah. spirit is that way. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're connected to Jesus and connected to the spirit, then we are learning from him how to treat our enemies. Yeah. Right. And so I think that like, so we can kind of like maybe define some of like the worst elements and say, all right, that's. Yeah. 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 And well, I just, just to piggyback on that, what it does is it, it also, when we trust the center, right. Which is Christ to that. You know what? He's got it. Yeah. Then we don't have to be afraid right. that the center is going to change on us. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like well, I feel like there's or a, I this is where I thought you were going to go. So yes, we well, you're right. We yeah. don't have to be afraid of that. But we also don't have to be afraid that the Pat Mahomes guy is going to like convert us. Yeah. Like nah, like you, you, you you're cool, but you, like Josh yeah. Allen's Josh Allen. Josh Allen's Josh Allen, man. Right. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like there's there's Christ is so amazing. Right, he's he, he he's he's so so worth like allegiance and and right. desire and affections and all these different things. He like he's okay. I I just you know what I've been thinking about lately. Uh, mm. Honestly, is the conversation that Job has with God, right? Mm. And like he's going through his his stuff, and and God just says to him, "Hey, man, let me just be honest with you, bro. Like, where were you when I was just like unrolling the foundations of all creation?" Yeah. Like, you know, like, he's like, I, I know that you're like, you're feeling this, but like, man, dude, my cosmic viewpoint is so ridiculous. Mm. Like, I, I need you to understand. And and Job gets it. This is the funny thing about this story, which is which I think like, oh, man, we, we, we pass up. Job is like, yeah, good point. That's a man. You, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's standing. He's like, oh, man. And it's not that his gripe is not legit. It's just that. Is it like compared to everything God right. is now pouring out in front of him? He's like, dang it. So I, I just have to say favorite line in scripture ever. Yeah. L- legit favorite line in scripture. God to Job. Gird up your loins like a man. <laughs> you have spoken to me. I'm about to speak back. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. It's like, seriously. <laughs> Are you wearing your jock strap, like, Joe? It's like it's, because it's about to get real in here. More, more like, I, 
grab a diaper. <laughs> grab a diaper. He's like, all right. He's like, I let you talk. All right, son. Grab a diaper now. Oh my uh, gosh. Man, no, I so like I a hundred percent agree with that. And I think like if we had that I the idea of who this God actually is, because yeah. there is man, I love the word that you use in this this idea of, of purity. Like it's like somehow we feel like we have to protect God. Right. We have to we feel like we have to protect this. And the center is not asking us to do that. Right. Right? It's it's, it's yeah. not. No. Um, and so like that's 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 the part which I think like obviously like you know, to to continue speaking to that point, like like we our job is not to to try and like fight off the people and demonize the people and hurt the people which you know might come and like storm the castle and turn this into like something different yeah. i think so much of what i've seen and i will be like super specific in evangelicalism mm. right um and which i am a part of i'm right. a part of an evangelical church um you should you that, should leave that and, and join my movement I, we I'm, don't we I'm, don't believe anything except for what's true I, I know you know what i'm saying and the youtube guy <laughs> the youtube guy <laughs> i bet you think you can boil your steaks too don't you <laughs> <laughs> just don't punch me all right no but like um where was i, I going let's go back to nick Wright. No, just the, <laughs> no but uh yeah no, I'm, I'm just saying like basically right uh, like it's like if I say it enough, like, like send me in the right direction. It's, it's just like <laughs> no. If if we if I'm gonna move on from that point. So that is that. You know, I think you guys get it. My my thought now that I want to kind of is that there are boundary markers though, right? So this is this is the thing that like we understand also in the church. Is that yeah? There are yes, there are there are boundary markers, and there were really there were really two, right? Idolatry mm. and sexual immorality, mm. right? Those were the no, no. I mean, you could disagree with me. Yes. I don't know if you're saying like I, you know, that's you, where you're, I land. Your Wesleyan theology <laughs> is misled. Well, okay, so let me let me let me let me put this. Let me put it. Let me put it here. Right, like so. I think what you see over and over. Again, in the New Testament, right, in Corinth, and is that like, hey, right, and, and honestly, throughout throughout Scripture, I would actually argue throughout Scripture is that these are the two that kind of come over uh, over the top, right? That kind of said like, hey, I think you're missing some things. I oh well, let me finish my thought, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, right? Because yeah. you might be adding some more for me to write on, but for. <laughs> For for me, what like I said, I just believe whatever is true. <laughs> and the YouTube guy, um, and so like, no. For for me, what what I see is that like, man, anytime your your heart's affection is taken away from God, right, and you start yeah. serving and desiring something different than God, then you are no longer a part of this tribe. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you you have decided that the center. Right is not important. Yes. Um. And so, uh, and those for pe those are people which belong to the tribe. Right. Right. If now, if you're coming from the outside and you're hanging around people, like that's 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 fine. Right. Right. Because you haven't made that decision. But, like, at some point, like this, the center has to be, which is Christ. Just in case you guys have forgotten, because we've been using this, like, we've been using the center. It's the center, Josh Allen. <laughs> like we've been, we've been kind of just using all this different Isn't language. This, I thought the center was Mitch Morse. 
<laughs> Nick Wright. Okay, Stephen A. Smith, whatever. Um, no, so like um, he's Boba Fett. <laughs> he's just ah, I can't even do the voice. Um, that's Chewy, and then yeah. whatever, just loud, bro. It's loud. But like, yeah. So at at the that's center, yeah, he's not Boba Fett. Yeah. He is. He is Chewy. Actually, yeah. it was Chewy. Just yeah. like. Just hear him for miles. Yeah, my Star. I'm not a good Star Wars fan. I'm not really. A big <laughs> we're trying Star to. We're trying to. Hey, listen. We're we're trying to uh, use all of the nuts to, so everyone will be included in this. Right. You know. Yeah. What I mean? So we sports. Now we're in Star Wars. You know. Next time we have to use flowers as a metaphor. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm going my little. We're, pose, we're looking. Person. I'm looking out for you, Christy. <laughs> so. Uh, Care Bears, you know what I mean? Whatever. I don't know uh, anybody that likes Care Bears. <laughs> I love Care Bears growing up, man. No. Dude, come on. Yes. That's I'm going to shoot fire. you with love from my hey, belly. Hey, man, that was real, dude. No. That was... Anyways, so this is how I always forget. <laughs> this is how I always forget what I'm saying. Steve is... Oh, my gosh. So... <laughs> if you rub my belly, I'll shoot you with luck. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, But it was the power of community is when they <laughs> held their hands together. <laughs> literally love shot from their bellies. Come yeah, on, I man. I don't know about any of that. Oh, my goodness. So, so... Right. So sexual morality, idolatry. Right. So, you know, we understand the idolatry part. Right. Like I'm, like now I'm, I'm, I'm serving a different master. Then like the sexual immorality part, um, I think has to do. I mean, not to and see. So I, I don't want to get into this whole like. Now we got to break down theologically all these different things, but let's just say just for the sake of not going down that long trail, which I think we'll, we, we agree with. But like. You know, do your research if you're listening. Um, is that like the sexual immorality aspect of it is is definitely a a giant like I I am God. I define what is good and what is evil, and I will make sure to 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 go in a in a different direction than than what God is saying like is going to be. And so like these are the two aspects I think that I see that the church was like, hey man, like you can't. You can't be a part of this community. You can be transformed if these are things that you're struggling with and if you find yourself wavering at times. But like, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, you're not part of this community. If you are out here actively practicing, right, in, in, um, against like what the, the eth- who we are as a community, then you're not part of this community. Now you you think there's there's more, uh, yeah, more and than, I wouldn't I wouldn't so I think that so like in the Old Testament the issue of idolatry I think is um, corresponds to the new New Testament issue of just the the allegiance to the lordship of Christ, um, but I think that's a through line Old Testament yeah. to New Testament and that's at the center like I would say you know like Jesus what's what's the greatest commandment love the Lord your God with everything you got right. Um, but I would say that the second commandment is not like abstain from sexual sin. I think that you're right to point at that as a clear marker of Christian behavior mm-hmm. and, and Jewish behavior before it, um, that it was, you know, so like sexual immorality and, um, you know, any kind of, uh, of all sorts of kinds clearly is something that scripture cares about. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an important issue. Um, and I would even be willing to point at that as like one of the ethical markers that defines, you know, like Christian identity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, 
but but I would say that it's not second. I think second is what Jesus said, which is love your neighbor as you love yourself. And mm. there's this ethical tradition, again, Old Testament and New Testament. I mean, even so in the New Testament, Jerusalem Council, right? Hey, like, can we let these Gentiles into the church without being circumcised or not? Which the, the, the to translate that question, are we going to let the Gentiles into the church at all? Yeah. Because the question is, if they have to get circumcised, they're not Gentiles anymore. They're now Jews, Jews, right? Yep. So, so the question is, yep. will we be a Jewish movement or will we be an an ethnically universal movement? And up until that time, they, they were, were Jewish. a Jewish movement, right? Yeah. And so, so they made the decision in the Jerusalem Council to be a like a, an ethnically diverse, or even another way of thinking about it is a ethnically unified but no longer Jewish movement. It's like, yeah. okay, we're not Jewish anymore. We're this new ethnic group that we're going to call Christian, right? Yeah however you want to frame it, like that's what's going on there in that Jerusalem council. They make this decision, they agree. And then they're like, to your point, okay, so we've got the center defined, but what are some of the boundary markers? Right. And they actually list, first of all, they don't, they list the two, the, 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 they list the, the ones you're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. So don't eat food, sacrifice to idols, um, abstain from sexual immorality, but they also explicitly reference, like, don't forget the poor. Yeah. Right. And so, and I think there's, you know, the, like that, that would be a podcast worth, you know, that would be yeah. worth like yeah, yeah. that, that Jerusalem council and those kind of like rules for, or, or boundary markers that are put, put out on the church from that Jerusalem council, that would be worth an hour long conversation in and of itself. Yeah. But I think again, what I see old Testament to new Testament, I would just lean on Jesus's words about the, you know, the greatest commandment first and second. Um, and while I think sexual immorality is something that can go in, you know, maybe it's third or fourth on the list or something like that. But I think that like the, that clear acknowledgement of Christ's Lordship followed by a commitment to, you could use the word justice or love for fellow man or whatever you want to like whatever word you want to use to, to define that, but that kind of an idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe the, the part of the reason why I think about it that way too, is that the instances that we do see someone being excommunicated from the church are like the very clear ones. Right. Well, there's also the one time that people were struck dead. Yeah. (laughs) Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah. I know. I I mean, does that count in the list? Like, I know like technically they weren't excommunicated. (laughs) (laughs) They were just X. <laughs> they were just X'd. X'd. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, that's not exactly a justice issue, but it's closer to yeah. a justice issue than a. No, I, so I, no, I do agree with you. I'm not, and I, I think like if you're not loving your neighbor, right, that that's obviously like there's fruit there, which is spoiled, rotten, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that is definitely an identity marker. I think what I am talking about, maybe more so than Boundary says, is things that, got you not not necessarily even like gotcha what got yeah, you kicked out what got you kicked out of right. the church so and like I think the corinthian very, guy that was sleeping with his mom yeah that kind of stuff like there's there's yeah those are the two like and so you can't you can't be on this you can't be in this josh <laughs> allen tribe right if you're doing like x and z Right. So I, I, I mean, that, that isn't, I've, I've never really considered that question. Like, and, and I'm like trying to think through new Testament examples of like people who actually got kicked out of the community. And 
really like there's the Corinthian guy, which Paul later said, whoa, whoa, no, I didn't mean it like that. Um, and then there's, you know, <laughs> Ananias and Sapphira yeah. trying to think who else. Yeah. Oh man. Well, but, the, but this yeah. was the point that I was going to make. I don't think that we can treat the new Testament like it's, it's not a, it's not like a codified set of rules. No, you know what I mean, no, and so yeah, like yeah, we don't course. we don't have like the well, actual list of like these are the things that the yeah that the, the church said you could get kicked out. I feel for. like you're gonna get you're gonna get us kicked off of Christian podcasting because you're <laughs> for what you're saying. Even though I 100 percent agree, Look, with the that, Bible right? is absolutely not basic instructions before leaving. <laughs> can we just yeah, clarify that? Right? These are these are letters that are talking to communities as they're dealing through their stuff. If you're looking for rules, we're grasping these principles of like, man, humanity is kind of the same and, you know, in a lot of ways doesn't really change. And so um, that's the beauty of like the movable, flexible, breathable, you know, scripture of God. And so, yeah, no, I 100 percent agree with you. That's where you're going with it. I'm with you. Um, Like there's no disagreement there. I do think, though. I do think, though, that um, there is a type of way there is an there is an ethic a morality right that runs throughout scripture that god has always said yeah. these are my people and it is it is it is different than this which yes. i know that you don't disagree with nope. and so like i think that the reason why this almost for me lands more as a hard and fast rule in the even in all of that which I don't know if you disagree or agree. We'll, we'll find out in a second. But <laughs> the reason why I, I think that because that is a that is a marker that has always yeah. stood the test of time to say it is different than than this, right? The no, sexual in in Dominion. Yeah. I haven't and I haven't even popped it all the way through um, uh, through it. Uh, Tom Holland's book Dominion, okay. right? Like he talks about very, and if you do like just a, you know, Tom Holland is right. I know the name, the famous historian. Yeah. Yeah. Like Roman first century, whatever Roman empire, like is his like niche thing. Right. But like, and he's not a Christian, but his book dominion talks about the implications, Mm. right. That basically Jesus Christ, the cross has, um, has like, has brought to like Western civilization, which by, I like by chance, I was like, oh, I have been telling, I have been telling this guy about this for so stinking long, and I'm so glad that somebody wrote like a thousand page book backing up what I was saying. <laughs> but just, just don't punch me, okay? <laughs> just like, I was like, oh, JD was laughing so hard because she's heard our conversation. I'm sure it's your wait, which one? Yours about just. Um, the, the, the ripple effect that Christianity has had to the, specifically to the West, Western culture, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? The underpinnings, the way that things are right now, whatever. And we, you know, we'll post-Christian, whatever that we were not going to, that's a different podcast for a different day. But for the sake of everybody listening, I was right. Steve was wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I have a historian to back a scholar. A famous, respected scholar, so uh, respected that him and N.T. Wright were actually sitting down uh, comparing their books of <clears throat> Paul and the, uh, that book Dominion and how like they were just like, it was it was one of the coolest mm-hmm. things where they're just nerding out. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I just wish I was in the room where it happened. <laughs> like, anyways, all right. So squash all that to just to say this, that I do think 
that there is this distinct marker all throughout scripture. And I think it is in, it is there. And I think it's a very big thing. And I think you're talking about sexual ethics, sexual ethics. And I think, man, I'm uncomfortable with that. And I, I'm, so I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And I think, and I truly believe that it has popped up. It continues to pop up throughout the culture, right? Throughout the years over and over and over again, because this is a key issue uh, when it comes to the, the, the church, who belongs and who doesn't and how does that work out, right? I think it is, I, I think it's popped up for a reason. And I think you could see it throughout scripture. I think you can see it throughout church history yeah. over and over again because it is that critical. Well, so, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying and I will actually think about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's yeah, so no, good. for sure. So, good. I, so, I mean, I think uh, like just a couple of responses so I, I'm like your, your push that, well, so I would say this, I, I think that your point is actually wrong as it applies to the old Testament. I mean, that's what you think. Right. Well, I'll make my case, Okay. but where I'm, where I'm, Call where I'm wrong. thinking about, <laughs> where I'm thinking about it is as, as it applies to the new Testament and which obviously as a Christian, yeah, I think they both have relevance but they have relevance in different ways and they're binding in different ways on us as, as Christians. Right. And so I think in the, in the old Testament, clearly those markers, I think you would agree in saying that, um, ad adherence to Sabbath and adherence to kosher laws were actually bigger markers of Jewish identity than sexual morality was for, for, for old, Te the old Testament community. Yeah. I mean, so I hear that I hear the Lord talking about things that he hates and detests. Those are very strong words, especially in, yeah. in the language there. Um, right. I don't think he, he, there's, there's not a lot of times when he doesn't call things good. Not a lot of times that he decides that he's not going to move. I know those are uncomfortable scriptures, but I think they're, I don't think they can be taken lightly. And I think every time you see any time, and I'm just going to use like three quick examples, right? Anytime where you see these things abused, the the response to them are not are not small. They're they're they and they last generations. David, uh, Abraham, um, you know. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, one of the big ones when it comes to this. I don't know. Uh, 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 what you call it? Um, Noah's son, right? Okay. Yeah. Like I think that, I think they that they are damning. And they're generational. You're talking, you're talking about, well, so I, d I actually don't think we want to get into the weeds in the Old Testament because the point that I was going to make is that those two those two markers that I was pointing at yeah. obviously don't exist in the New Testament. Um, so like there, there are no more, there's no more expectation of kosher or dietary restrictions for Christians. Like that has been removed. Yeah. And even the while while New Testament Christians for the first generation or so still practice Sabbath, um, it was and is no longer in any kind of like a binding expectation on the behavior of Christians. Um, mm -hmm. And really within a generation or so of the life of Christ, like Christians weren't, weren't keeping the Sabbath anymore. Yeah. And I, and so which I know you would agree with is probably is, is not that that's not a good thing. One that they're not keeping Sabbath. And I don't know if Sabbath is something that is not expected for, for Christians. I, I, I may, I disagree. I think you're wrong on that. So I so think that's, you, that's definitely pre covenantal. I, I think it's definitely pre covenantal law. I think it's communicated again in, in the covenant. I don't no, really, what yeah, are you doing I tomorrow? think Sabbath shifts. What are you doing? I, I think Sabbath shifts. 
No? Yeah, Sa- I think it does. Sa- I'm sorry. Sabbath is Saturday. No, I, I get you. I think it shifts. And if you turn on a light switch... You're burning in hell. Mm, those are those are extra biblical. <laughs> those are extra biblical. <laughs> Is your those, donkey working tomorrow? <laughs> those are those are extra biblical. Uh, no, actually, yeah. your donkey's not allowed to work tomorrow. Yeah, I'm that, sorry. Those are those are extra biblical. Those are things which are added. And if on you top feed your law. donkey tomorrow, those are things which were added on top of the law. But but to to that point, I do think that I think I think it shifts. I think you see shadow. Do you think we've lost shifts. everybody at this point? Yeah, I mean, have <laughs> to. There's nobody's, nobody's listening. <laughs> No, but I think I think they shift. Well, so this is this is what I would say, just to to bring the this point of the conversation home, is that um, I think like I'm I will think through and re-engage the, the the New Testament around that question. I, I've never really thought about the the question of boundary markers on the New Testament church. Yeah. I definitely have thought about like kind of what are what's the thing at the center, um, and I I think that there are some places where I would see like evidence of still there. Okay. So the center is what matters, but there are boundary markers too. Um, and so I'll think about that more. And I, I would absolutely agree that, um, there is a biblical sexual ethic and that that comes out of not just the old Testament, but also the new Testament and clearly God cares about it. And so should we, um, and that that is one of those things that would have been a marker for both Christians inside the church and, Mm. and pagans outside of it that like, Oh, you're one of those Christians who act this way sexually. Yeah. Right. So, but I, I just think, I I don't know. I'll have to think more about it. I think, and and if we're, if we're, and again, not, maybe we can, we don't have to keep on harping on it, but I, I just think that if we're also thinking about that, the new Testament church is working off of the old Testament scripture, right. Or, you know, to as their guide of this is how God is speaking and they're and they're theologically working through those ideas in the New Testament and communicating not what is a, a new idea, but what is a very old idea made more clear through Christ as the as the as the glasses in which they now can see better, right? I don't I don't think that they're thinking like, oh my goodness, this is now crazy, right? And which I know that's not what you're saying. I'm just saying like I think that they're saying this is now made more clear, this idea of sexual ethics and why and whatever as a marker of who God's people are. I think that is made more clear when we're looking at it through those lenses. Yeah. I, I think I, I think to think about it as this radically new idea, I think would... Oh, yeah, no. You know I what I'm saying? And yeah, I don't think you're saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying for the sake of, you know, to think about it as a radically I new just, idea. I, I, it's I just, not a new idea. Yeah. I just, I'm I'm not comfortable at this point, but I'm willing to rethink it. I'm comfortable enough to write about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not comfortable enough to finish the sentence yeah. with, with defining it as one of the yeah. two, you know, essential markers of Christian identity. I, I just don't think that way. And yeah, um, no, I, and I don't know if I'm saying that they're, they're one of the, I, I, and if I said that, if I said that's that, that's what I heard you say. Okay. If I said that, then let me, let me, let me nuance what I'm saying. I'm saying that's how you get excommunicated from the Christian community. That's how you leave the tribe of, mm. of that. When you, when you move in, the, the in in a direction um that is not in, in those in those two directions at least that's what i see yeah you are now moving away from that tribe 
Well, right. again, I definitely don't see it that way, and I need to yeah. figure out if I, I'm wrong or if your interpretation of scripture is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, but I, they are like loving your neighbor. Obviously, I think those are boundary markers. So I think that's you're also just saying the, you don't get kicked out for that. Yeah, let's let's let's. I would definitely <laughs> nuance. I would definitely nuance those things. Uh, but like, yeah, definitely like you know, if you're not loving your neighbor, you're probably not in the right uh, party. Well, so that's an hour and a half. Yeah. And um, I think we, I think we kind of like ended with a whimper, not with a bang. <laughs> we might have to edit it. No, nah, no, nah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> if you made it this far and you're like disappointed with the last 15 minutes, yeah, man, um, sorry. send us an email and we'll give them back to you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Somehow. I don't Steve know Shank at right. Buffalo Vineyard. No, listen. And, and I think again, what I want us to continue to communicate is that, these are real conversations where two pastors, which are not trying to claim that we got it all right, that our theology is all right. So if you're a scholar or something, listen to this. I don't like, have a theology. You know, I just believe whatever's true. Exactly. And YouTube. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and, you're, and you continue to, you know, you're like, man, I, man, that's, that's awesome. And like, I, we wouldn't even mind, you know, trying to figure out how we can have those conversations with you. I think what I, I love is that we're we're trying to figure figure it out while we're contextualizing and pastoring uh, two different communities and and being friends, you know. And I think that's if that that should be what you're picking up from from this more than anything. Yep. Yeah. So. All right. You want to hug it out? Yeah, man. Gotcha. Two forty two is a podcast of Buffalo Vineyard Church, in Buffalo, New York. Learn more about who we are and get in touch with us at buffalovineyard.org. We'd love it if you'd subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a rating. Thank you for listening.